How long? How long? Ah, we're good. Okay. Don't stress it. I'm I, sorry. I was getting to that point where I was like, uh, I might have to go fish him out. <laughs> well, I was talking to Tyler a little bit, and then what else? I, I'm trying to walk more. You know, just just walk more, so I'll take breaks and maybe take – then I was like, oh, I'm out of coffee. Did I tell you on the air? I think I told you off the air. Congratulations on the new vehicle. New truck looks looks great. Right, right. It's not new. It's gently used. I – Well, new for you. Dude, I'm telling you something. I I realized – It looks great. It's awesome. It's awesome. They – I fell in love with it when I saw it. They took good care of it, clearly. They did. Now, um, the guy was great, and I'm not complaining – but I quickly got a, a life lesson in purchasing off like Facebook mar- book marketplace. Oh, no. Where not no, this isn't a bad thing at all. To where, uh, you know, when you buy a car from a dealership, mm-hmm. right, and this is this is everywhere. When you get that car, I don't care how old that car is, Josh. When you get that car, what is it? It's got a full tank of gas. It's been cleaned. Dallas over at Fowler is taking care of you, yeah. baby, right? They've detailed it. They've de- and- you've got a car, and you're like, son, this is my car. New car smell. That <sighs> is not the case when you purchase something on Facebook Marketplace. I had to go put gas in it to get home. And then I was, my wife was like, this thing is dirty. I'm like, I don't care. It's my truck. It's uh, it's the real life experience. Yeah, I had I really, again, I not to, not to sound soft or anything, but we're preparing. My daughter's got to get a car, so I've. Kind of had to do something a little bit more on a budget than I ever imagined. But, yeah, I feel cool in it. Needs new tires. Very loud. But it's awesome. It's awesome. I'm very happy with it. It's got a tunnel. Co- I've always been a truck guy. You guys are like truck row out there, you and Wait, TJ. I mean, and I back in. TJ, you got to start backing the truck in so we can flex on everybody. Back in. I still – here's the other thing that's terrible about me having a bigger truck now – I can't park the thing. I mean, I just – I cannot park the thing. So if I go to Walmart, I'm the dude that's parked over by, like, the, the – Way away. I, I'm a mile away. That's good for the steps, though. Gets the steps in. If, if, if we're driving to the mall, it's like, ooh, there's a spot. I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, that's no. Dangerous. That's, that's dangerous. not the spot. Now, I let me tell you something. I can back that thing in anywhere. Now, don't, 5808, that's not an out of context. Jesse G, no need to make a meme out of that. But I can back it in anywhere. But when it just comes, hey, why don't you turn in and park there? It's like, yeah, I think I'm going to look for another spot <laughs> down here in a little bit. Keep looking. If you ever see me try to park that truck, you can judge me. It's fine. I'm terrible at it. Tonight, uh, you got Oklahoma and Kansas State. We'll talk a little bit more about that matchup coming up in the top five stories of the day. I thought, well, before the 1030. Game. Huge game. And I thought Kevin Henry was great on with Toby this morning. I'm going to share a little bit of what Kevin had to say uh, as the program progresses. I'm not here to try to build up Seatbelt's ego or anything, but he had some uh, he had some great stuff. 10 a.m. around this time, every single day, we're talking Sooner football, and recently it's it's been quiet in our portal conversations, but as soon as this show left the air yesterday, boom! Boom, baby! Transfer portal news hit, and our transfer portal news coverage is brought to you by Swift Co. Roofing and Construction. 405-831-8222, 405-831-8222. 25 years of roofing, remodeling, and construction experience. Come personally look at your roof and home, swiftcoteam.com. Okay, Oklahoma adds yet another offensive lineman out of the portal. We had talked about it yesterday. Landon Hatchett had made the announcement just before 
just before the start of the AFC Championship game that he was returning to Michigan. But his brother, Garen, is on his way to Oklahoma. Now, he had posted on social media, I believe it was last Thursday, his thank you, Garen, that is, the older brother. Thank you, Washington. Blah, blah. These times are great. Uh, I'll be moving on. Go dogs forever. And then yesterday, literally like at 1 o'clock, he announced that he had committed to Oklahoma. Now, I'm not somebody to ever question Hayes Fawcett's work. But, Josh, do you happen to have the uh, – I guess it would be considered the graphic – We'll pull it up real quick. And and I, this is nothing. It's awesome. The Photoshop has already the SEC logo with the Jordan brand. But I cannot stop looking at whatever they've tried to do with this guy in the background of this tweet. Um, I, I Again, I think G-E-R – you got it spelled right. I wonder why it's not popping up there. Well, if you can go to his Twitter – I don't know why. I'm on the prowl. Okay. As we speak. Uh, I, I don't know why. There, there but, it is. But yeah. what's going on? Did they try to blur out someone's face and he looks like Mario behind him in the front row? That's all I can see in this tweet right now. <laughs> he, he does look like Mario. Right. I, I mean, I'm glad that Garen Hatchett's here and I'm sure Hayes Fawcett does incredible work. But apparently, uh, Mario from Mario and Luigi was at an OU game sitting in the front row. Well, and it looks like he's wearing a fake mustache, but it got all disheveled. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it I don't know. Even, it doesn't even fit right. I'm so sorry. I'm so excited about the addition of Garen Hatchett. But yet, when I saw the video, all I saw was Mario in the background there. <laughs> what <laughs> so, an edit. That's obviously one of the worst edits that he's done. But uh, with Garen Hatchett, um, it is a dude that it's six foot four, three hundred and three pounds. If you if you take a look at Pro Football Focus's numbers, it was a down year from him. But in twenty twenty two, he graded out at seventy two point six. He played two hundred and sixty four offensive snaps in DeBoer's offense. Uh, and this is courtesy of of AllSooners.com. A 45.5 pass blocking grade oof, and uh, a 62 run blocking grade. Hatchet played just 76 snaps or 71 snaps in 22, finished with uh, better grades. Most of his playing time came at right guard, briefly saw some time at right guard. Um, I asked Cole Kublik about him. Joe Moore Award, he's like, I can't remember much, but I'm going to watch him. So hopefully maybe we'll get Cole on tomorrow to talk about that. But he's going to take a little walk, uh, look-see at Garen Hatchett for us. And, again, it's just it's another body that comes in with experience to join a grip on that offensive line that's already brought in Michigan State's Spencer Brown, North Texas's Fabechi Wiwu, USC's Michael Tarquin, and now add to it Garen Hatchett from Washington. Younger brother again staying at Washington, Garen coming this way. At the very least, Josh, it's a guy that can help provide some depth in that interior. At the very least. Absolutely. Know. Yeah, obviously uh, started the four games a season ago, uh, appeared in more than that. The injury, 
how much has he healed up? That that will be a question, and hopefully nothing lingers into the spring and into the fall, or you have a recurring issue there. Hopefully he can he can get right. But uh, yeah, I mean, you think about what Oklahoma's done here with both Wee Woo and Hatchet, and uh, and obviously Spencer Brown and Tarkin. You brought in three guys that can really help you on the interior, and and one guy that's going to plug and play. Probably you think at tackle. Boom, man, and. and- Spencer Brown being the plug-and-play guy, Tarquin being a swing guy, and then two dudes that, all right, I hope one of you guys can win a job <laughs> for us right now, right? I think there's a good chance that uh, you found at least a pair, and maybe, who knows uh, how this thing shakes out, maybe a trio of starters out of the transfer portal, but probably at least two. Oklahoma has had some success hitting the Pac-12 for portal guys, and I know Washington is now a Big, big Ten school, but just RIP Pac-12. But yeah, I um, I'm about you, man. I thought it was, I don't want to say a necessary ad by any stretch of the imagination, but you want to see Oklahoma get a few of these wins. Now, I don't know. I don't know if the hate train has already started. I haven't checked the Kinnipamara Chevrolet text line, and I don't know if there was a a thought that maybe his brother was a better player. But I don't care. It's a uh, it's a good addition. Oh, that was a really good take on the text. I see. I got to stop doing. You got to stop doing this during the segments. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean to. Uh, what's the six one five? I like this. I like what he said. That that's our that's Mister Negativity there. He writes Garrett Hatch. It seems like a McCain Matoyer type, which would be a big win. Not a jag, but not a star. He's a good little hand, as good old Jr would say that's that's sort of where i think i'm at with it too yeah i don't i don't even know what what could be negative about it outside of you're bringing in a guy that looks like he's got a chance to to help out depth wise in a group in a group josh to where i think they're counting on a lot of their young guys to step up and make a leap i really do i think that they're counting on now i'm not ever going to say a freshman should start, <laughs> but I think they're counting on Eugene Brooks being a guy. I think they're counting on Jake Taylor stepping up. Uh, you've got the depth chart from the last game. I, you know, it, I think they're counting on Logan Howland to be better. I think they're counting on, you know, maybe a continued development from a guy like a Gunner Allen, Heath Ozeda. I, these are guys that Oklahoma has invested a scholarship in and a lot of time. So now it's, all right, listen, we've got some depth here that we've brought in. Maybe a starter at right tackle, maybe at left and brown. But they're here to compete with a, with a roster that got a little bit slimmed by the Caleb Green departure, the Nate Anderson departure, among others, and the graduations of Caleb Schaefer and Walter Rouse. So, and McCain Mattoyer. You blended, let's go. You blended a lot of starts and career games played in out of the transfer portal with uh, a number of talented youngsters. So now you've blended the the veteran hands together with the uh, younger, talented guys that you hope continue to develop and ascend. And, you know, frankly, for Oklahoma, if uh, Wee Woo, Hatchet, Brown, Tarkin, if a couple of those guys or most of those guys don't wind up as starters, that means that things uh, went well That's for younger right. players for Oklahoma. So, And probably several of those names are going to be 
starters for OU, right? And you bought yourself a little bit more time on the development in, of the equation. So they've uh, they brought in some serious career starts in games played, though, out of the portal. It was the clear biggest issue facing this team from a roster construction standpoint as we headed into the offseason. And uh, give Coach Biedenboe and Oklahoma credit, Latrell, Joe John Finley, Brent Venables, everybody, right? They had a big-time need, and they went out and addressed it in a serious fashion. So, I mean, think about this for a moment, too. Oklahoma this offseason, Garen Hatchett, right? Michael Tarquin, Fabechi Wiwoo, and uh, Spencer, Spencer Brown. Brown. Sorry, Spencer Brown's here. That's four, all right? Transfer portal. Signing class. Uh, Josh uh, Asiosa. Am I saying that right? I think it's Isosa. Isosa, okay. Josh Isosa, offensive lineman, Edmund Santa Fe. Daniel Akinkumi, the kid from overseas. NFL London. Eddie Pierre-Lewis. No, wait, hold on. We found it. It is Louis, right? Louis. God, it would have been so cool if it was just Pierre Lewis. Um, who am I leaving out? Did we out? say Eugene Brooks? Did not say Eugene Brooks. And Isaiah Autry. Nine offensive linemen that Oklahoma has added this offseason. Nine. And that doesn't even get into, okay, what, again, does the development look like for Taylor, for Ozida, for Howland? Yeah. And and by the way, it's it's fun. I was just trying to scroll through here real quick. Uh, so Caden Green is gone, but from last year's class, Joshua Bates at center, Logan Howland. You mentioned Heath uh, Ozeda, Heath Ozeda. So that is in the span of just a oh and uh, oh Marcus Strong's a defensive lineman. So that is over the span of a couple of years. And I I'm, I'm not going to dig through all the offensive linemen from last year like Troy Everett uh, and, and Rouse is already gone. But that is. What, 12 essentially new guys. That's wild turnover on the offensive mm-hmm. line. They, they've totally reconfigured it. So, and brought in a lot of depth and competition. Coach Biedenboe's got to be fired up for what the spring will bring and uh, what fall's going to look like because, uh, you know, look, uh, Sooner Day uh, to open up the media portion last year, it was. Well, we think this is going on, right? Everybody had an idea of here's what the starters look like, and Coach Biedenboe was the first guy to say, yeah, nothing's been decided. So uh, it will be, I'm sure, a similar trajectory this year, and especially true this year, right, where you're replacing all five. Wasn't that the uh, press conference where – was it Lebby, maybe, that it talked about? You know, I feel pretty good about the, the – Yeah, he start. basically gave us the starting And lineup. then Bill Beatmore was like, yeah, nothing's been decided. <laughs> no more than 25 minutes later. I I tell you what, man, there is, I love Bill Beatmore. There is, there is nobody, I think, that has been more tailor-made to be an offensive line coach and to develop running concepts than Bill Beatmore. The man just loves offensive line play. So – if you had been someone, I, I would consider me, and, and I think I'd put Josh in this group where you talk about they've got to get better on the offensive line. This isn't good enough. Well, they, they went out and completely reworked it. Now, we can fight and scratch and claw about how you feel about the additions, and I know we're in a big comparison game. Oh, well, it's not this guy. It's not that guy. He's not going to be like him. But, hey, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. And we're going into a league where you need that to be really good. Yeah, I think Oklahoma understood the assignment, right? Which uh, 
is you don't go into the SEC with any sort of serious questions up front offensively or defensively. And they knew that they had some legitimate questions up front with just the uh, the roster turnover that had happened from the end of last season into this offseason. And they, they got busy, my man. They got busy. Let's get a break. When we come back, there is a little softball news. It shouldn't be shocking. Oklahoma is number one in the preseason coaches poll. None of these things matter until we get on the dirt this weekend. Hey, Oklahoma's not messing around in their schedule. It's a tough schedule. But we'll talk about Patty Gasso's crew preseason number one again. And when we come back, uh, let's stick with some offensive line play. This is the week of the Senior Bowl. There is an offensive lineman that had a chance to be in Mobile, but unfortunately a commitment to another game precluded him from being there. We got more on Walter Rouse in a bit. But when we come back, what about the future of Tyler Guyton? What are they saying? We'll talk about... The offensive line of years gone by next right here on The Ref. Dude, I know I'm getting old. Like, who can read these schedules when they release them? Like, who can actually see these things? The Big 12 released its schedule, and it did the, like, the bo- – I can't see any of this. Huh. Get Big off my lawn. It? They finally released their 24-football schedule. So – it's it's probably a few people have what's the term I'm looking for repurposed it, but yeah it's um I, I think I think the highlights I'm seeing is Texas Tech plays five of its first seven games Whew. at home <laughs> yeah can you see that Whew, this is uh yeah it's a lot you can't do it on a laptop you no gotta have, you got to have your phone where you can zoom, zoom in. it in. By the way, and I disagree on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line from the 479 who says in the Garen Hatchet edit, that's his mouth, not a mustache. Look at the woman on his left. Similar. Sir, I don't know about you, but where that mouth is located would tell me that that man has something wrong with the location of his mouth on his body. So I disagree. We're talking about in the background of the Garrett Hatchet edit. There is some dude that looks like Mario, and it's all I can see in his announcement. It's like, why is Mario from Mario and Luigi at an OU game? He's a world traveler. So I I will dig into the Big 12 schedule. It gets us back, though, to that question, Josh. Like, how much do we really care? How much does this league get coverage now that Oklahoma and Texas are gone? I mean... For us, not, not, not nearly I, as much. And, and then I even wonder, you know, the importance is to be relevant right away. Like, they can't mess around. You can't have a year where, oh, it's just such a competitive league. We had four and five. You got to have a team that rocks. I mean, you got to have a team that rolls in there and has a big-time season and says, we're going to be a part of this. We're not going anywhere. Maybe multiple teams. I mean, what what is what do a majority of the Big 12 honks, I'm, I'm one of those, you know, over the last you know 20 years, like to say about the Big 12 slot, in the future of the 12-team playoff. Well, if you look historically, there would be two teams for the Big 12 that would make it just about every year. Yeah, and, and one of those two teams, a majority of the time, is, is Oklahoma. And when it's not Oklahoma, the other team is Texas. And sometimes it's both Oklahoma and Texas. So I, they're, they're going to get a spot because you have the automatic bid, but I think it's going to be a fascinating couple of years for the Big 12. That schedule's out there. If you can see it, go ahead and click on it. it uh, it'll be interesting to watch what transpires in the league, though. Does 
a Kansas State become the prohibitive favorite sure. year in and year out. Uh, you know, UCF has had great success in years past before the Big 12. Can they replicate that and, and be a force year in and year out? Or is this just going to be musical chairs in the Big 12? Because right now, probably that's sort of the safe bet, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kansas did announce four games will be played at Arrowhead. Now, the reason is because of the renovations that are currently taking place at David Booth Memorial Stadium. But they'll play four games at uh, – what's the name? GF Field? G-E-H-A Field. Oh, how do we know whenever – I thought you were supposed to put periods behind those whenever you say them as people. Can't take up your precious space, I guess. All right, G-E-H. I've always just heard Arrowhead, even whenever they're well, calling that's probably the what you should say. Hopefully so, the home of the two-time uh, defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, TCU, Iowa State, Houston, and Colorado will all play games there. It's a lot of home games. But like I said, I think it's – I think it's because they're having issues with the renovations, right? Are they still playing games at Booth Stadium? Well, yeah, it's because of what they're doing over there, just the complete construction overhaul. The f- to fulfill pre-existing agreements, Arizona at Kansas State and Baylor at Utah will play in non-conference games. Television selections for the first three weeks of the season will be made by ESPN and Fox this summer. Uh, the action will debut on September 14th. When TCU hosts UCF. Man, this uh, collection of teams, it's just pretty interesting. It really is. You know, it's 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 kind of like the Pac-12. To be, there's a couple of teams, There's except there's not a, a blue blood in there. Right? USC, I think you would consider a blue blood of college football. Oh, absolutely. But there's just not. It's a, it's a league of a lot of really good teams. Conference of competition. Um, but listen, we're not here to talk about the Big 12. We're here to talk about the SEC. And maybe more specifically for this segment. You're dang right we are. For this segment, after we spent last segment talking about Garen Hatchett and the offensive line for Oklahoma in 2024. You know, now looking back, 2023 in the rear view. By the way, whoever – I know you guys don't like to use this audio cord, Teddy <laughs> and Steely, but literally like sending it to Antarctica where I got to dig to yeah. find it. My God. You got to take care of my man playing. Gosh, okay? I'm sitting there trying to find the should, audio cord. We can't make him stretch like that in studio at 1030 in the morning. Ty- Tyler even said he's making fun. I'm stretching in the hallway because I can't get loose anymore. I get loose, man. Uh, what does the draft prospects look like for the offensive linemen who are no longer in Norman? And one of those guys is, of course, Tyler Guyton. Yesterday I had a chance – to catch up with Luke Easterling. Luke covers the NFL draft for Athlon Sports now. He'll, I'm sure he'll be on more in-depth with us as time progresses. But uh, I asked him a very simple question about Tyler Guy. I've seen some of the mocks that have 10, some have 8. Bottom line, there's going to be a lot of offensive linemen going the first round of this draft. Give me your thoughts on Tyler Guyton, a guy that started as an H-pack, transferred to Oklahoma, uh, an incredible upside, good kid. Is he going to end up being a first rounder? I tell you what, man. Like you said, this this tackle slash interior line class overall is so deep, and you have so many guys that can play multiple spots too. My my top two interior guys uh, in this class are really tackles at the college level. I just think they're going to be better guards at the next level. And uh, Troy Saltanu from Washington, Graham Barton from uh, from Duke. Uh, but man, Guyton is one of those guys that. I think he'll fit a particular team in a particular spot 
too perfectly to not go in the first round. I feel like there's a team that the team that I keep mocking him to over the last month or so is, is San Francisco. I, I feel like it's such a fantastic fit in that in Kyle Shanahan's offense where you need guys who have movement skills. Yeah, you need the power, but you've got to have the length. You've got to have athleticism. His experience at right tackle in particular, and, and because San Francisco needs that so bad, they have an all, obviously an all-pro, probably a Hall of Famer, Trent Williams on the left side. But the right side is really where they've been missing that presence. And I feel like Guyton with the way – I keep referring to him as an easy mover. His athleticism, the, the movement skills that he has in, in his hips, his, his footwork, everything looks so effortless for him. And at that size – with the power he has, the ability to move like he does, man, I, I just feel like too many too many teams are going to need a guy like that at the right tackle spot with the experience he has. Uh, and man, San Francisco would just be such a great fit. Yeah, that's uh, intriguing. That would be awesome for him. And uh, just one little hiccup in there. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt that Trent Williams is going to be a Hall of Famer. None, You're zero. Eleven-time right. Pro Bowler. I mean, come on. Meanwhile, we are watching highlights from the the Shrine Bowl. And we see guys like Walter Rouse and Drake Stoops performing well. Uh, Drake is uh, making some guys look silly at times. Yeah, really good. Really good. I, I talked to a dude from the Shrine Bowl. It's going to come on with us Friday to talk about him a bit. But on Gabe's uh, and Teddy's podcast, the Oklahoma Breakdown, they had Jim Nagy on from the Senior Bowl, and he explained – why Walter Rouse isn't at the Senior Bowl, and I found this to be fascinating. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's a great question. He was one of those guys that uh, you know we certainly liked enough to invite to the Senior Bowl. I mean, he 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 deserves to be here. Again, this is a this is a. I'll say this: I can't speak to games before the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, I was in the league at that point, but I can just speak to the last five years. This is the best offensive line crew we're going to have, and and we had five first rounders my first year here, so that's that's saying a lot. This is a really deep group. Um, it was it was the hardest cut we've ever had to make. Um, and we you know, we have an arrangement, you know, the league office uh, makes us do like a gentleman's agreement with uh, another one of the all star games that we won't take any other players after a certain date. And, uh, you know, when we we had a couple of line spots open up because we didn't we got like three really good juniors on the on the offensive line. There was a couple more we we held spots for that we were hoping to get that we didn't get. So then we wanted to circle back to some of the seniors. And at that point, Walter Ross was committed to playing another game and. And we would have loved to have him, but that is what it is. That's that's kind of the, the structure that we're put into. I, again, feel how you want about the Senior Bowl, but for a guy like a Walter Rouse, pretty big deal for him to be there, I think, in a year with so many offensive linemen. And to have that opportunity, but because you didn't get the initial invite, you went ahead and committed to the Shrine Bowl. And because it's so competitive between these two bowls and they happen at the almost the exact same time. Yeah, you don't want to burn that branch. You well, don't want you, to burn that bridge. Well, you can now, too, because of NFL rules. Once you're committed there. And uh, I, I still think, I still think, Josh, that there is a place to where guys can have success there and then move on to the Senior Bowl, but it's not as common, right? I mean, that's what Gabe did. Gabe went to the Shrine Bowl and then got an invite to the Senior Bowl. Uh, but the unfortunate reality is because of the timing and the competition. These are very competitive worlds we live in, right? And the, you add in the NFLPA event, and it just I, maybe the NFLPA has now thrown their support behind the shrine. My point is it sucks for, for Walter Rouse because that would have been an awesome opportunity. Not like the Shrine Bowl isn't, but just 
with as omnipresent everywhere as the Senior Bowl coverage is, it sucks when you don't get that opportunity when it was posted or uh, when it was uh, presented to you, but the rules didn't allow it to happen. Well, and uh, yeah, it's just frustrating how it played out that way. And, you know, hopefully uh, you make the most of the opportunity you've been granted, right? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And it seems like he has. Uh, anything else from the, the, the draft talk on the linemen? It does sound like. Tyler Guyton's going to go in the first round. And it sounds like it could be if San Francisco is a great landing spot. All right, that makes sense, but it, it sounds like he could go a little higher. I mean, he saw that happen with Anton Harrison. Back-to-back years with a first-round pick. This is a developmental story, too. I know Oklahoma didn't sign Tyler Guyton out of high school, but I do think for a guy that shifted from H-back to tackle, played one year at the position at TCU, then came to Oklahoma, I still think this is a developmental feather in your cap, so to oh, speak. Oh, there's no question it is. Uh, I, I I don't know if the prospects are looking all that great from a Cade Matoyer um, or Caleb Schaefer, but who knows? Maybe you get a, a draft, a seventh round, or a, all it takes is one team to be like, look at that beast. Let's bring him in and try to do something with him. Um, go impress at camp. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go impress at camp. You never know. All right, there's, a, there's some of the notes draft-wise. I have so much more, but we got a big hoops game tonight. And I haven't – even Josh dove into the text line in depth yet, so let's do it next. Let's do it next. Six six three twenty three. It's uh, Walter Rouse gets into that thing that you've talked about too, which is junior swallowing up senior, you know, senior bowl bids. No, oh, absolutely. That part's kind of frustrating. Absolutely. Are right, we got a break? It's ten thirty seven. This is the home of Sooner fans. Hour number two. We are back. It's the Plank Show right here, home of Sooner fans. The Ref Radio Network, Josh Elmer alongside Chris Plank. Hour number two presented by Allison Insurance. That is allisoninsurance.com online. 405-745-2968 is the number to call health insurance, life insurance, Medicare supplements, so much more. Bob and Robert Allison, they've been helping you and your family for over 60 years. Softball Steve. On the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. You hate the prep page, don't you? Just admit it. It's no, okay. I just didn't know if there was anything there. <laughs> it's all good. And uh, I didn't want to take a chance. That's not a bad risk to not take. I, I love the prep page. But uh, Softball Steve asks, how can OU beat the Cats tonight? Uh, this, is, this is weird. Kansas State is a team uh, – that has turned the ball over a ton this year, but plays completely different at home. And they've only lost, I think, one home game this year. And you know they're only who that loss is to? It's to Nebraska, of all people. And Nebraska Nebraska stanks on the road. So it's it it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Uh your boy well. Our backcourt has got to play better, and they've got to score. Javion McCollum and uh, Milo's Yuzan. they yeah. got to score some points tonight. Javion McCollum in particular. Yeah, he wasn't very good on Saturday. Two for 11, seven points for the perceived best scorer, right, on this team. That's probably not going to slice it no. more times than not in Big 12 play. And though Oklahoma had their chances – Guess what? It didn't slice it versus no, Texas Tech. Not even close. Not even close. I, I would also, Josh, I would add it. 
Sam Godwin has become a guy that's a target for a lot of criticism for Oklahoma fans because, I mean, again, he's not necessarily looked apart, and he's been pushed around a little bit. He's got to be strong inside for him tonight. Kansas State's not a team that should out-rebound you. Well, and he had a good game uh, did. on Saturday. He did. He did. All right, where do you want to go next? From Sooner Stew, the NFL Network has Tyler Guyton first round to the Dallas Cowboys. Really? Well, that's that's the comparison now that you mention Tyler Guyton. That's the comparison that Jim Nagy gave on Teddy's podcast. He gave to Tyron Smith. So that's that's who he reminds me of a lot. And Tyron Smith was a guy that had played right tackle at USC, and when he's healthy, I mean, as it's fair to say he's one of the best left tackles in the game, right? So that's that's high praise for Tyler Guyton, but that'd be one heck of a fit. Wanye Morris, who ended up with Kansas City, it's it's funny that you you bring that up, and this just popped in my mind. I'll never forget at Pro Day last year, my man Tyler Guyton was spent – or not Tyler Guyton, um, who did I just say? Wanya Morris was spending a lot of time with the Cowboys. So Dallas is – I think they're still looking for some offensive line help. I think. All right, where do we want to go next? 5-8-0, Nate. Rest assured, whichever decision the Bears make, it'll be the wrong one. Which way would you go? Which I'm, way would you go? I'm drafting Caleb Williams I am and I'm too. trading Justin Fields. I am too. A hundred percent. My man Gary Cavins would say a hundred percent, Josh. Give me Caleb Williams – I'll make now remember the Bears, they don't have a second round pick this year. They made that trade for Montez Sweat, which well, was a good deal, and they signed him. There's a good chance you can get one back if you trade fields. Uh or close to, and then you could package up and get one. But I don't I don't think that would be the wrong decision. Now I might knowing knowing Caleb Williams luck, he'll go there and get hurt or something. Or knowing uh, the Bears luck. But Chicago, they haven't had a dude at quarterback. Well, and you can't turn down the opportunity at a potential generational quarterback because you think all of a sudden you sort of have things cooking with Justin Fields. Do Okay, here's one more thing, not to take us away from the, the text line. But I'm looking at the draft order right now. And, in fact, I'm, I'm looking at – let's see. Let's see which mock draft do I want to go to. Let's go to CBS Sports. This is uh, Josh Edwards. He has – uh, three quarterbacks in the top three. So you had Williams and Daniels to, to Washington and Drake May to New England. Do you think, Josh Helmer, that there will be a team like maybe the Giants at six, maybe Atlanta at eight? Eight's not too crazy to try to move up to two or one that says whatever it takes, we're going to get whichever quarterback falls. You think You think we could see that? Because I think we can. Absolutely, you could see it. Now, it, it depends on those uh, franchises you're talking about in those seats. Are they just so dead set that they've found their guy? Right. That Daniels or May, or if there's a surprise from a Michael Penix Jr., whatever it would be, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Bo Nix is going to be the guy that, that goes that high, but I could see a scenario where somebody falls in love with Michael Penix Jr. But those those perceived names – do they love them enough to where they're not going to trade out of it? Or, uh, you know, if you're in Atlanta or whoever, enough assets that you could package up because you love the guy so, so much that you're willing to mortgage a little bit of your future? I think that the starting at about 28th in the first round, 
but this is I'm so nerd. Uh, starting about 28th in the first round. Let's see, Buffalo's – I guess technically 31 and 32 is not really known yet. Yep, not decided. But uh, the Bills at 28, the Lions at 29, the Ravens at 30, Chiefs at 31, and the Niners at 32. I think those are going to be real active trade pieces because I think you're going to see teams like Vegas, um, maybe maybe Arizona, maybe some of these teams that – and I and I think Kyler Murray's set in Arizona for a while, but maybe they want a little security there because he did get hurt last year, two years ago. I think you could see those teams then, Josh, maybe not want to part with a future first, but be willing to give a bunch of second round picks to get into that first round and go ahead and get five years with a Bo Nix or with a um, Michael Pinnock or with maybe a J.J. McCarthy if he falls down there. I think that's where uh, the, the quarterback game is going to be interesting. And just thinking through Kansas City, because it's what I know best, if uh... – there's a wide receiver that you have your eye on, and all of a sudden he comes right. off the board. Then you say, okay, well, sure, we'll, we'll make a deal, and somebody can come into 31 or 32. And probably similar examples exist for all of those teams you mentioned. Um, I did like this from the 615 real quick before we break. Beanbow is like moving back to the offensive line. Beanbow is like a chef who can make spam and beanie weenies somehow work in a contest against people cooking with filet mignon and sea bass. And now sometimes, sometimes, right? Might take a little bit. It might take a little bit into the meal before you truly realize, hey, it's pretty good, right? It might take a while. There it's might be not all bad, but but it 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 could be tough at first. I'll tell you what, Josh. It is kind of wild to think about how when we what do we hear about with offensive lines and what makes them better? Time, snaps, understanding what each one wants to do. Bro, that ain't happening this year. <laughs> That's out the window. You're gonna have to create continuity. You wanna hit chapsticks before we take a break? Chapstick. Those highlighted games are embarrassing. <laughs> Utah BYU is the best, and it has nothing to do with quality. It's the nature of the religious war on this one. I'm talking about the release of the Big 12 schedule today. What are you trying to tell me that the rejuvenation of Baylor and Houston for the first time since 1995 isn't doing anything for you? You trying to tell me that the UCF TCU game's not doing much for you? By the way, I have a horrible problem, Josh. I keep calling the Sunflower Showdown the Sunflower State Showdown. I don't know why. It's like got stuck in my head once, and there it is. Did uh, Did you tell me, does Kansas State play Arizona? Um, you know what? I don't know. I, I haven't really – I can't see the schedule. It's the smallest thing that's ever been printed in the history of mankind. The, it looks like they host Arizona. So that, uh, that's a pretty good game. That's not bad. I don't know uh Fafita has stuck around at Arizona, but there's a part of me that says Is he really going to stick around? For now. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean that spring window, every year I feel like we say, but it's got the potential to be pretty crazy. It's got the potential to be pretty crazy. Can I circle back on one thing before we break? Sure. How in Josh Helmer's opinion, does Oklahoma beat Kansas State tonight? You want to think about it during the break and dive into it when we come back? Let's. Let's do it next, right here on the ref. All right, you you had the break to think about it, Josh Helmer. What does Oklahoma need to do tonight to beat Kansas State in Manhattan? They need to get JV and McCollum, and they need to get Milos Uzan going. I, I think if they could do that, 
they're going to have a great chance to go in there and win, which sounds, I guess, simplistic. Sure. But uh, Uzan, if they can get him to where he's more efficient, right? and JV and McCollum to be the leading guy for this team uh, with the contributions that they've gotten from Inoue and Sorez was fabulous the other night and Godwin, then, look, they're going to have a great chance to go up to Manhattan and win. But to me, probably both of those have to happen in order for you to walk away with a key road victory. Yeah, and it's a good point from softball Steve, who's all in on it. And Godwin did get into foul trouble earlier. In in that perspective, he needed to play well. Need to play well. Uh, here's softball Steve's keys to victory tonight. You ready? Yes. Not in all caps anymore, softball Steve. Congratulations. That's a big move. Uh Full court press, smother the shooter, shut down the easy three-point shot, uh, fast break points for the Cats. Go figure. Go figure out. Uh, go figure. <laughs> OU 82, Cat 78. There's a lot of hums on there. So Yeah, thank you, Iceman 405. Great perspective. Score more points. That <laughs> is a key. That's the – that's like the person who is always the try-too-hard guy. That's his joke every time. It's like, how are you going to win tonight? Well, you got to score more points. <laughs> Show you. Just kidding, Iceman. Yeah, I uh, – Free tell throws, you. man. They, they can't have another night like they did the other night. <laughs> did you see uh, – you hear what Toby was talking about on the crossover, the Ken Palm metric for the luckiest team in the Big 12? You know who it is? Texas Tech. It's like your opponent misses nine free throws and you win by one, and you look kind of look at some of the other mistakes that have happened. Kind of feel like a little bit of a house of cards is going to start tumbling for Tech. So uh, karma is coming, you say? Maybe so. Maybe so. All right, we got to break top five stories today, and we got a lot of stuff coming up next.